So I can remember as a boot trooper being at the office one day and there was a real bad snowstorm blizzard was coming in. And the sergeant told us, he's like, look, whoever has night calls tonight takes the four-wheel drive Jeep home. It was the only four-wheel drive he had on detachment. Everybody else had rear-wheel drive cruisers. And I had this old rear-wheel drive Crown Vic. It was basically champagne in color, but some people like to call it the Mary Kay car. It was horrible looking for a trooper to drive. So anyway, the sergeant's like, you got that Mason. Nobody leaves here at night. And Trooper K needs to take the Jeep to his house. And I know you got calls, but since he's taking the Jeep home, he's going to have calls tonight. I don't need no more troopers wrecking any more cars. You got it? Like, yes, sir, Sarge. I got you. So that night, even though I was supposed to be on call, the calls were transferred to Trooper K, who lived... Probably about on a dry day, a good day, about 25 minutes east of the detachment. He lived closer to Cape and Bridge. And I was actually in the Romney City limits in the basement of the old detachment. So that's the prelude to the call I'm about to tell you about. So I went to bed about quarter after 12 that night, and I told the cat-eyed dispatcher, B, I said, hey, BS, I'm going to be in the basement. Trooper K has been is going to be taking calls tonight because it's the sergeant's orders that whoever takes the four-wheel drive home ends up taking calls by default because he don't want no two-wheel drive cruisers to leave this office to run calls. And Trooper B, or Dispatcher B, is like, okay, man, I got you. I'll call Trooper K. Well, I guess it was probably... I don't know, about quarter till one. And the phone rings beside the bed down in the dungeon in the basement in the bunk room. There was two beds down there and there wasn't nobody else down there that night, so it was just me. I wasn't even in sleep yet. I don't even think I even had the light off yet. So I just reached over and grabbed the phone. I'm like, Trevor Mason's thing can help you. And it was Dispatcher B asking if I could respond to a B&E in progress, confirmed B&E in progress, with a suspect on the scene and the neighbors watching the whole thing. And it was in Mineral County. So I said, well, technically, the sergeant's orders were Trevor K's taking calls. He's like, yeah, I know Trevor K's supposed to be taking calls, but he's 30 miles or 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes in a good day further east than you are and it's bad out there's like 17 inches of snow on route 50 the roads are horrible you'll be able to get over there back up to mineral county unit quicker than trooper k can so what did i do i listened to the old sarge right wrong that was a new trooper full of piss and vinegar so i was going to go take care of this call one way or another or at least help out with it so I told Dispatcher K or Dispatcher B, I'm like, look, let me get dressed. I'll clean my cruiser off and I'll start that away. So I go out and get in the old, trusty old pink or, well, I think Ford Carter champagne collared Crown Vic that had been, I guess, issued to me at this point. And I start down, I clean it off and I start down 28, heading north toward uh, Short Gap area. 
there was a convenience store up there and apparently one of the local frequent flyers decided tonight was a good night in the middle of a blizzard to break in and steal a safe so i'm going down 28 and it is nasty out there's probably about eight inches of snow on the road uh, there's just a set of tracks in the road. I'm driving a rear-wheel drive car with no studded tires, snow tires on it, but no studs, no chains, and a rear-wheel drive cruiser. And in the back of my mind, the whole time I'm thinking what my sergeant told me, better nobody leave this office in anything but the four-wheel drive Jeep. And heaven help anybody if they wreck their cruiser, because he'd already had a couple cruisers wrecked by other troopers, not by me. So as I'm going down 28, dispatch has this caller on the phone. And the caller is in, in his own house across the street from the convenience store. And he's giving us freaking blow-by-blow blow directions. Uh, he's telling Romney, dispatch, and then dispatch is putting it out to me and to one of the Mineral County troopers and one of the Mineral County deputies. And we're all headed to there at the same time from different locations. And... I don't remember where the Mineral County Troop was coming from, but I was probably actually going to be coming from the closest, be the closest available unit. But I think the other trooper had a head start on me from Mineral County. It was actually in his jurisdiction, but regardless. So we're all heading toward the scene, and dispatch is given blow by blow, and, and it's like, Romney to all units, be advised, be advised. Caller on the phone's now advising that the subject just went in the side door at the convenience store. And he's now trying to remove the safe from the store break. And we'd be like, uh, 659 Romney, go ahead. Uh, Romney, 659 all units, be advised. The subject uh, now has gotten the safe outside the door. Uh, and uh, they're burying it in a snowbank. So then a little while later, you uh, we heard Romney come back over the radio. Romney, all units be advised. Subject is burying the, the safe in a snowbank outside the door. Subject is leaving the scene, blah, 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 driving a, a two-door or a four-door Browning collar sedan, I think it was, if I remember correctly. And uh, be advised direction of travel is south on Route 28. Well, I'm, like, I'm thinking, well, holy crap, this guy's going to freaking come right toward me. I'm going to be getting this guy. He's coming right my way. Here I am, a young trooper. I'm going to get my first freaking uh, in-progress B&E. I'm going to be the guy arresting. So as we're heading toward the scene, man, my, my blood is pumping. I'm, I'm about to get into pursuit here because I know this guy's going to come right toward me. So, one of the Mineral County units, one of the deputies, apparently thought it was a wise decision to head into the scene and uh, try to wait on this guy to come back to get the safe. Well, we didn't yet know who the suspect was. We found out later it was one of the local freaking flyers. But we didn't yet, we had a description of the guy, but we didn't know who he was yet. So the troop that was heading, that was going to handle the call from Mineral County, told Romney, said, tell that deputy to back off because he's probably going to come back. He's probably going to come back. 
So dispatch tells the deputy, hey, you know, state unit, blah, 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 advise, request you stand down. Don't go into the scene yet. Uh, they're still en route. So the deputy decided to slow his response up and wait until we could all get there a little closer case and give the guy a chance to come back. Well, after dispatch put that out, the caller tells dispatch, hey, this dumbass just came back with his car. He's backing his car up to the safe, and now he's tying something to it. So dispatch is like, Romney to all units, be advised, be advised. Subject vehicle, suspect vehicle is back at the scene. Uh, he's now backed his vehicle up to the snowbank where the safe is buried, and he's uncovering the safe again, attempting to attach something to the safe. Attempting to attach something to the safe at this time. So we're like, oh, this is freaking great, but I'm, I'm still probably... In the real world, a good day, probably 10 minutes out. It's snowing like crazy. I'm still probably 20 minutes out if I don't kill myself. I couldn't go no faster than 40. If you went any slower than 30 going up the hills, you wouldn't make it. So it was a fine line between 30 and 40. Anything past 40, you slide off the road. And it's there's mount, there's some mountains between Romney and, and uh, Short Gap that I had to go up and down. So not the best road. So anyway... I'm still amped up. I'm thinking, we're going to get this guy. I'm going to be the one going to get this guy. Because, you know, the last we heard when he had left, he headed, he headed south. Well, he came back to the scene. So then we hear an update. Romney, all units, be advised. There's an update from the caller. The subject is using a piece of wire. Repeat, a piece of wire to tie the safe to the back of his car bumper. I'm like, what the hell kind of dumbass? Well, apparently this was a really large safe. And the dumbass couldn't carry it. He took all he could to get it out the bottom side door. And he had to slide it in the snow over to a snowbank and bury it. So then he thought, well, I got to get it back out of here. I got to get it out of here. So he decides he needs to tie it to the bumper of his car. But he's got no wire or nothing. So he left the scene, I guess, and went to his house. That's when he had left and was headed south on 28. Came back with wire and had wired the safe to his rear bumper. And then the next update we hear, and then this was, things started to drop then because then I realized the guy wasn't coming toward me. Uh, Romney to all units be advised, suspect vehicle is now pulling off with the safe behind it, dragging the safe, headed down, uh, I believe it was Plum Run Road, heading down such, such road, uh, which would have been going east, um, well, away from my direction. I was coming from the south, which would have been going east from the scene. So I'm thinking, great, this freaking guy's gonna, gonna get away. If he ditches his car, he's gonna get away at least probably tonight if something doesn't break. Well, apparently the dumbass started going down the road there beside the convenience store with a safe hook to the back. His car wasn't the biggest and it was pretty slick out. It was a rear wheel drive car as well. And the safe added more weight to the back of his car. So he was spinning trying to pull that safe down the road. When one of the troops pulled up, Mineral County troop pulled up, and uh, snagged him. And it was just minutes after that, I'll pull up and I get out. I tell dispatch, I'm 1023 on the scene. I get out and there's the suspect over the trunk of the car uh, in cuffs while the troops searching him. And he searches him and puts him in the back of the cru his cruiser. And that's when we really learned the, the details of what all he did. Apparently he'd stole the cash register out of there. He had stolen a bunch of energy uh, capsules um, from the counter of the convenience store. 
a bunch of medications, uh, I think a couple cases of beer, and then this big safe that was still hooked to the back of the damn car, which he didn't have no means of opening it probably anyway, and if he would have got it to his house. So I asked the trooper, I was like, hey, who is this guy? And he tells him his name, and I'm like, the last name sounds familiar, but the first name doesn't. So I said, where's he at? He's like, in the back of my car. I said, okay, I'm going to take a look at him. So I opened the door and I looked at him. I'm like, is is your name? Um, I think his, I think the guy I knew was Jeff or whatever. He's like, no, that's not me. So I don't know who you're talking about. So what he, I asked him, the guy I knew from criminal from Hampshire County I dealt with. And, uh, I closed the cruiser door up. I walked back to the trooper and I said, Hey, he said, he don't know this guy. He goes, bull crap. He goes, that's Sam. That's his freaking brother. <laughs> so old Sammy got arrested for, uh, for breaking into the convenience store over in the short gap area, uh, in the middle of a damn blizzard. I was able, lucky enough to help process the scene and get back to the office in one piece. Never wrecked my car, never put a scratch on it. Uh, and I don't believe I ever told the sergeant that I ever left. Uh, so that's my little tale for today. For my Today's actually the 22nd anniversary of my enlistment in West Virginia State Police, October the 26th, 1998. Myself with, I believe, uh, 46 other individuals, somewhere around there. I think we we supposed to have 50, but a couple didn't show up. Uh, swore the oath of office. The West Virginia State Police, uh, when the governor, uh, on this day 22 years ago, at uh, it was probably about 8:30 a.m. in the morning, 8:30 to 9, somewhere in there, with with the governor at the time. I want to give a shout out to all my classmates. R.I.P. to one of my classmates, Joe Portaro. Uh, he was a roommate, good friend, first sergeant. He was in charge. Oh, he was he was I think the deputy director of training at the academy when he ended up having a medical emergency, which I think they deemed later on was a heart attack. An excellent condition, 51 years old, I believe. Ended up dying um, down at the academy. They found him dead. Uh, he was out running that morning, getting ready for the morning, morning PT with the cadets and the basics. And um, he was doing his own PT warm-up, and he didn't make it. So a very healthy guy. We all thought he was a healthy guy. He ran marathons in the best of his shape. Heck of a nice guy, though. He was actually our class valedictorian. Uh, his valedictory speech uh, mentioned me in the speech. Um, so, missing, good guy. Godspeed, Joe. And uh, so I'm going to sign off now. I'll talk to you later.